Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Livigno to Levy. Visma Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Hello folks out there, once again it's a time that we'll have another exciting episode of Livigno to Levy. I'm your host Teemu Virtanen and this time we'll have really an interesting guest. Uh, she's a former athlete, former skier herself, uh, someone who knows uh, cross-country skiing and long-distance skiing inside out and she is now currently working for the Topla Cortina, one of the Pro Tour events. Uh, Stephanie Sunter, it's good to have you on our show. Welcome. Hello, everybody. So how are things in Italy right now? I mean, the season is getting started pretty soon, but uh, of course, uh, it's a bit tricky out there, isn't it? Yeah, we got uh, already the first snow in the mountains. Uh, we have already yeah, more than one meter and uh, it's looking good. Um, the, the only thing is now that uh, we have this problem with uh, the pandemic with uh, COVID, but we are optimistic and we are looking forward to do the race in January. And speaking of snow, we actually got a little bit of snow here in Lahti as well. You know, the first snow and I think up north in Lapland, they even got more. So the winter is definitely coming. Yeah, it looks good. I think it, it's already cold. We have had already minus degrees in the morning, like minus four and minus three. It's not so normal for this period. But uh, yeah, um, we hope that uh, we will have as much snow as last year and the same um, beautiful weather because last year I think it was uh, really really nice uh, also the we had a lot of um, athletes and uh, participants we had a new record last year so we are looking forward really so Stephanie as you mentioned last year was perfect you know for you guys and the year before we remember the avalanche and you know we had to cancel the race uh, it wasn't that nice of course but last year great race uh, and everything went perfectly What's kind of your memory of the race afterwards? Yeah, we uh, were really um, all happy that everything went well, that uh, the, the weather was um, be, was good and um, that we had this much of participants. We didn't um, yeah, think about that uh, before. Um, the best memory was, um, I think, yeah, the, 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 the Bulls, which uh, won the winners last year. It, was, it is a big memory, in my, which is uh, uh, still in my mind. And uh, yeah, um, we had two nice races because we had a race on Saturday and a race on Sunday. Um, it was everything. Nobody was uh, injured. This was, is the most, the, 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 the most important thing. And yeah, we, uh, we hope that everything will be like the last year, this year too. So who came up with the idea of, of awarding uh, the winners uh, with bulls? My, my father has always this uh, really great idea. So we had already one race which, uh, where the, um, the winners won a bull. And uh, unfortunately, last year we couldn't um, bring the bull in the 
center, in the town center of Cortina. But for example, the other race we had, and this was uh, the winner was Mulek and my sister Saskia in that kind of race. Uh, there they brought the bull into the st stadium of the Nordic Arena and they really got the bull in, in her head. They, they had to hold it. So <laughs> it was, it is really amazing. And yeah, last year we couldn't bring it in the center because it was too dangerous and maybe also the travel for the bulls would be too exciting and so we decided just to give the shack with the bull and the bull stayed um, calmly in their in the farm and yeah this was uh, the idea of my father yes the president of Toblach Cortina. Are the bulls still there in the in the farm where are they now? Yeah one bull was sold I don't know where it is and the other uh, then one bull is still here and he um, they 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 got some little little bull little cows <laughs> yeah so Toplach Cortina of course last year was a great a year before a uh, bit of a different scenario uh, but if you think about the history of the race now it's been around for years and of course this Mosque Classics uh, came on board uh, changed a little bit of the face of the face of the business for you guys but where are you right now what stage in terms of your race yeah, we are in full preparation. We we have uh, now we had a lot of meetings and talking about different things. And uh, this year will be different than other years. Um, it is more difficult to uh, to organize the race because we have uh, to think about uh, uh, the pandemic COVID uh, two thousand yeah to COVID nineteen. Sorry, uh, but uh, we are. Uh, making some plans and how we can solve certain uh, problems uh, regarding the rules which will put governments and uh, uh, yeah the, the, the also the regional laws um, we are preparing for that uh, it will be more work because normally now we are we are great team we are working a lot of volunteers and also the OC normally it's uh, all giving one by hand so it's uh, easy to organize or touch it is a lot of work to do uh, but this year will be um, yeah a challenge more, uh, yeah uh, how we can solve certain problems speaking of those plans how are you going to solve those problems do you have like a plan B in mind? Yeah, for the moment we are waiting for uh, also for the rules which gives us the fees and also the government has still to, they, they are not really prepared for, for the moment for the big events. But um, it looks like that uh, everything will be okay. We, will, we can organize the race uh, for the moment if nothing is changing. And yeah, the, the, it will be that... Uh, we will have to have an auto declaration of the participants that they are in full health. That is for sure that we have to have in Italy. Um, we will for sure also ha have the masks uh, in the in the race office and um, before the race. Um, it, yeah, it, it will. Uh, I think it will. A lot of will is is not really def defini def yeah, really fixed now. So it's a, a great challenge because uh, we have we have for sure to do a lot of things in the la at the last moment. Um, yeah, uh, we are thinking about a, a lot of um, uh, if if we can keep the registration open until the end. We are thinking about that also because uh, the race office should not be um, there should not be too much people. So maybe the registrations close already on Tuesday, no, on uh, Wednesday. Sorry. So, um, yeah, there's a, a lot of little things which we have to still to define and which we will give the information to all participants in advance. 
but we are really looking we want to to do the race and uh, we hope that covid will help us <laughs> what about the international guests or the international foreign uh, skiers that are of course hoping to come over uh, to your race what would you like to say to them to kind of calm them down a bit yeah, this is also a big question in our in our uh, meetings. We are not sure if people can travel and if people can uh, come in into Italy. But um, for the moment, it seems like uh, yeah, it, it will be uh, okay. But uh, uh, this can change, and we <laughs> we don't know what to say <laughs> really. Uh, we have to wait for the last moment uh, and hope that everything will be um, yeah that the infections will be low and then it will be no problem people have to be um smart now that we can have a good winter season i think and of course that's something we can't really do uh, anything about i mean it's uh, it just takes its time uh, but when you think about your race Toplakotina, and the kind of the history of it and uh, we will uh, soon listen to uh, the comments from the the former or the last year's uh, winner winter <laughs> winners sorry uh, but how would you describe your race? What makes it a special event to attend to? I think um, Italy is known for um, always sun and good weather. I think it's uh, our race is uh, so special because you have this, uh, the track is on the old railway and you have these two tunnels which you have passed uh, through which uh, one is illuminated and the other is a bit darker. And uh, I think this the, the really landscape makes it special. We have it, it's not a difficult track. It's um, it's made for everybody. I think you you have not to be a, uh, a really expert skier. You, it's a, the, the first part is slightly uphill, and when you are on the highest point in Cimabanca, it's slightly downhill. So you have not really dangerous uphills and downhills. And um, yeah, you pass a lot of. Uh, beautiful places like the uh, beginning, w starting with the lake uh, of to in Toblach. Then you pass the three peaks, which you see from the track on your left side when you go to to Cortina. And then, yeah, you you will pass these two tunnels and the finish in Cortina and Pezzo. I think as an Olympic um, Olympic uh, the Olympic city, uh, it's uh, special. It's uh, unique. Indeed, it is. And uh, so is Toplach as well, uh, Dopiaco. Can you kind of pitch? I mean, now you, you have a chance to pitch those two places to the listeners. Toplach first, and then, of course, uh, Cortina di Ambeso, you know, those two uh, unique uh, uh, towns in your region. Yeah, in Toblach, you Toblach is really it, it, it's it's um, you have everything. I think you you have from sport to culture, uh, nature. Uh, you can you have yeah in the heart of the yeah in the, it's also called the door to the Dolomites. So from Toblach, you can start in three different directions. You can go to Punek. Uh, it's a, it's a, one of the biggest cities in uh, Valpusteria. It's the Pustatal. It's the valley called where Toblach is situated. And you can go in direction to Austria. You are only 10 kilometers from the border. And then you have the direction to Cortina, where um, you can go to Veneto, to Venice. And it's, um, yeah, you have a lot of possibilities in Toblach. The, we have the cultural center, the Grand Hotel, where we have also situated our race office. And there, um, that takes place in, in all over the year, different in, in concerts from um, really famous is Gustav Mahler. 
uh, Gustav Mahler is an Austrian composer and he stayed in Toblach in, uh, two, uh, in two years in the summer and he composed the, the famous Das Lied der Erde, the, the song of the earth, or I don't know how it's called in English. Um, but uh, And therefore we have these weeks of Gustav Mahler and uh, we have different uh, festivals and uh, yeah, I think in Toblach it's it's more than uh, that than people think you can do really much also alpine skiing you are you can go to to um, uh, montelmo and the plan de corones and to cortina uh, to try also the tracks of the champ of the of the world cup or then now this year we have the world championship in cortina therefore also the the appointment of Toblach cortina is uh, had to had to be moved two weeks before because um, we have the Alpine Championship um, in uh, February. So I think, yeah, Toblach is uh, really interesting to do also a summer holiday, winter holiday. And yeah, I cannot stop to talk. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know where to stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a great place. And of, of course, it's also uh, kind of a center, you know, for cross-country skiing, like a training uh, location and the World Cup location as well yeah that and i forgot totally we have um, since uh, several years we organized the world cup in toblach um the, this year there will be the tour de ski um, after our oh, new year so um yeah also in the summer months a lot of uh, athletes and uh, national teams are coming to train in toblach we have the roller ski track uh, near to the nordic arena and also a little shooting range uh, for training just and yeah, um, we are looking also forward for the World Cup and yeah, we have uh, also different other sport events here around. And you have a long history. I mean, even way before uh, Visma Ski Classics, uh, the, the race has existed for years. But can you kind of recall the, the origin of the event? How did it get started and why? Yeah, we started, uh, as I was a former, I, I raced in Ski Classic the first years, which when Ski Classics was, uh, um, yeah, when Ski Classics grew up, I was racing on these races. And so when I stopped skiing, I said to my father, uh, should I, well, I, I can contact David and uh, look if he's interested that we can bring our race into Ski Classics. And so it started. And yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a, it's a good possibility to promote uh, cross-country skiing, to give the chance to amateurs uh, to start with, uh, with elite uh, skiers. And um, I had so much fun to race uh, in these uh, types of uh, races that, um, yeah, I wanted also to bring a piece of it to, to Italy, to Toblach and Cortina. And you mentioned you had a record year uh, this season, so your, your event has really grown. Yes, uh, this is also uh, because of Ski Classics. I think that a lot of uh, Finnish people, Swedish people, Norwegian people, they are um, they get known uh, this event. I'll touch, I think, also that uh, also with Tour de Ski, because Tour de Ski was also in the World Cup. Uh, we had the, the Tour de Ski from Cortina to Toblach. It also made it really famous and um, people got to know it uh, also abroad. Um, but with Ski Classics, I think we have a good help and uh, we, ha we have the possibility and the chance to grow more and more. So it is really great. 
Speaking of uh, Vismaski classics, uh, how would you kind of evaluate the kind of the, the, the corpus? How much has ski classics, Vismaski classics, uh, brought to you guys, and how much has it enhanced uh, your event and your brand? Yeah, I think um, ski classics is a professional way to promote uh, cross country skiing. And uh, we get we have good collaboration and we get some really good uh, tips and they are yeah they are professional in it, so uh, we get a lot of help of of them to uh, yeah to to make it possible that cross country skiing uh, will grow more and more. And you get an international audience because people are watching all over the world. For sure, we. We, there are not only athletes coming to Italy, and I think also a lot of people come also back in summer, and um, they come also back after maybe also not for just racing, but also on holiday. And they there will be a, with the athletes that come uh, spectators, and uh, they, 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 yeah, I think it's a good movement. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. But let's take a moment and listen to David or David Nielsen, the CEO of Ismaski Classics, and find out what he wants to say about your event and what is his greatest memory of the race. Well, first of all, Tobla Cortina is it's been around for many years, uh, long before it became Vismaski Classics, and we have been keeping our eyes open to to see the possibilities because, of course, everyone around the world know about the Dolomites and the um, amazing landscapes and nature there is. There is it's a UNESCO World Heritage Area, meaning that uh, kind of fits well into the Vismaski Classics portfolio where we want to have nature and scenery as well as uh, a race. It's a fantastic history, this race, with the, the Santer family in the, in the Torblak side and and the ski club in the Cortina side that uh, do this race together. And for me, uh, to every year when we have the race coming down there, it's, it's one of the heights for me, the, the best moments of the season going, uh, if I have time, to, to the areas around, which is really, really uh, Amazing places like Misurina and Prague, Vilce, Lago de Braes in, in Italian. And uh, this place around, which I think is, is top places in the, on earth, basically. And, and the race turned out uh, for me with a very exciting on the men's side, an extremely exciting sprint where Panchinski and Stian Barry and Max Novak were really fighting for the first. You know, after a while, Eliasen and um, Morten Ede Pedersen getting a, a grip. Or on the on the race, from behind started the group chasing or the the chasing group to catch up, and then suddenly yes, Andreas Nigo put in some overgear. I don't know what to call it. He just put in the seventh gear on a five gear car, and just pushed as hard as I've seen a skier a ski, and just demolished the rest of the field and caught up um, Petteliasen and. Uh, were together with 100 meters to go or so. And then on the finish, when he sprinted Elias and down, I would say season 10 Tobla Cortina men race, that, that was a really, really special, special performance by a, a, a true legend in, in the Bismarck Classics, Andreas Vigo. Okay, so after listening to, the, to David, uh, I think it's good to ask you about your kind of the greatest memory. What race sticks to your mind? What Tobla Cortina edition? is the dearest to you? Yeah, I, I raced until uh, 2012, but I have to say I, I didn't uh, race 
a lot of times in Tobla Cortina because we are always we were always around over the world and uh, with World Cup races and this stuff. Um, but I have one. Um, I think the Tobla Cortina race. I don't remember the year. But uh, we, together with uh, Klaus Mariotti, he was um, guy. He, he's uh, born in Cortina d'Ampezzo. And I, I now I remember it was the 35th edition. I remember because it was a jubileum. So um, he won on the court, uh, for the Cortina side, and I won on, on the Toblach side. So it was really great in this uh, 35th uh, edition, or was it the 30th? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but it was a jubileum. So and it was nice that we had two: one person of Cortina and one person of uh, Toblach that could win in this jubileum. So this is a nice uh, memory for me. And another memory was when, uh, because also my sisters raced in it, uh, they also they won several times Tobla Cortina race. Uh, but also my husband, he made a, uh, the the finish was in the center of Cortina, uh, and in the, in the shopping with uh, the race finished in the shopping shopping uh, road, and he had a, um, the finish with Bruno de Bertoli. So they had a really tough finish uh, on the and my husband could uh, win it so this i think uh, for the rest i don't know because i'm organizing it only since yeah together with uh, all the team since six years together so maybe we have to ask my father which was the best memory in history <laughs> Indeed, your father's been around there for a long time. And uh, but from an athlete's point of view, since you have raced, the, you know this particular event yourself as well. How would you describe the race from that perspective, in terms of the toughness and uh, kind of the tactics and things like that? Yeah, um, the thing is, Tobla Cortina, you have to try to get away. Uh, from the group, otherwise you will have the finish, uh, the finish sprint, which is not easy uh, to to win. I think if you get get there in a big group, so um, I advise the, uh, the, the the athletes or the participants um, to start not too fast because the slightly uphill is just uh, yeah not seeming an uphill, but you have always to work, you have always to push and to work hard. Um, now, in my, in my, when I raced, we all we we put still stick on the skis, so we didn't just double pull. We we raced with walks. Uh, but now, um, when you get the highest point, um, there you should try to get away also, uh, or before you get the highest point, so that you get away, and then you have always to keep uh, pushing hard. Otherwise, you will get followed by the group. So this is maybe the view of in the head of the the first uh, points in the first uh, in the first places of the race. Uh, that this is would be my advice that you try to get away before the highest point. Otherwise, you will have a tough finish. And it is one of the most unique and uh, unusual races uh, in terms of the kind of the last downhill. You know that it is a long ten k. Uh, well, actually 12K, I think, uh, all the way to the finish, which I don't think exists any, anywhere else. You know, that makes this event really special. Yeah, the problem is it's not a downhill. It is, it is, it is flat. It's not a downhill. You have always to push until the end. Uh, otherwise, you will lose a lot of time. And uh, I think, yeah, it seems a downhill, but it isn't. 
Yeah, which is a good example is last year's race when Peter Eliasen was in the lead and Andres Nugod was able to catch him on that flat, on that downhill section. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it is uh, until you are not arrived, it's not finished. You, the race can change really fast. It really can, but let's listen to uh, the last year's uh, winners, uh, Andreas Nigod and Britta Johansson-Ukraine, and find out what they say about the race. Toblaskutina is a really beautiful race. The surroundings are stunning. I also like when a race goes from one place to another. And after Toblasch, you have a long hill there you really can create something but you also have to be a little bit careful because it's not so easy to stay in front with a chasing group behind you the last uh, 10k and so it's better to be prepared for a sprint finish also hi andreas nigor here and uh, I was lucky enough to win Tobla Cortina last year. And I have to admit that it was a fantastic day and fantastic scenery on a fantastic course. And um, I really like the area. And uh, the course is not the hardest one and it's not the longest one, but it has everything uh, nice long traditional ski race should have and uh, the weather is always pleasantly nice with sun and not too cold of uh, weather and uh, I'm really looking forward coming back this year and uh, hopefully we will have uh, the same weather and the same shape as we had in uh, 2020. So Stefan, it seems that they also commented on the on the kind of the sprint finish, the fast the downhill uh, section of, of the race and and uh, so forth. Uh, is there anything else you would like to point out? You know about Toplakotina. It's, it's a bit of a shorter race than many of the other races, but anything else uh, for the people that are are listening, uh, for for those who who haven't done the the race yet. Yeah, I invite everybody to do to do the race because it's a unique experience. I think um, it is, as you say, it's not too long, so it's uh, good for uh, also skiers who are not skiing so much kilometers in during the year. Um, it's not too hard because it's uh, nearly flat with slightly up and slightly downhills. So um, I think it it makes. Uh, uh, everybody should race the race to have these uh, uh, beautiful mountains around and this atmosphere which you can feel during the race um, with hopefully good weather <laughs> and this is always the most important but uh, good food <laughs> and yeah um, I think just uh, try the race and then everybody has to tell um, their own story and also, if you're really passionate and enthusiastic, you can do both races. You can do the, you know, the classic one uh, uh, on Saturday, and then uh, the the next day you can do the skating because it's, the distances are quite short. Yeah, exactly. You you have the chance to do one travel and do two races, so uh, it's always worth to do it. 
skating um, the skating race also since last year it starts also in Toblach and the finish is in Cortina. Uh, the other years we had it um, turned around, so we had the classic race on Saturday starting in Toblach and finishing Cortina, and the skating starting in Cortina or in Fiammes which is a bit before Cortina, and um, arriving in Toblach. And maybe what I have to tell, Fiam because I speak about Fiammes, uh, Fiammes, there, has, there was the first uh, ski fabric um, uh, around here. It, uh, the, the skis Morotto were produced in Fiammes. So it's also really, uh, when you pass, uh, when you are before arriving to Cortina on the right side, um, about three kilometers before Cortina, the, there, will, there, is the, there was the factory of the Morotto skis. So it's also a bit of history. There's so many sites uh, to see and uh, so much history uh, in that area and, and of course, uh, in your race. But now let's talk about you a bit, uh, Stephanie, and uh, your uh, career and your life. Okay. <laughs> You've been an enthusiastic skier uh, ever since your childhood. I think you were probably like five years old when you started skiing or so. Uh, but when you kind of recall those those days in your country, uh, how and why did you pick up cross-country skiing? <laughs> A lot of people is asking me this, but I think it's uh, quite easy. We, ha we live um, now. I, as everybody knows, maybe we have a hotel near to the to the tracks in Toblach, near to the Nordic Arena, and this field down on the hotel there, there was it was like my playground. It was uh, uh, I took my skis and we we I went there and I played with all the ski club and it was just fun. So for sure, also my sisters, my my sister Natalie and Saskia, we, they skied already, and they were a big. Uh, yeah, how do you say? <laughs> a big uh, motivation for me to ski also. And yeah, I think it's important for children and kids to, to do some sport. And, um, and I started really early to do races with five years. I, I made my first race and uh, it's not so normal. In, no, in Norway, maybe this is normal, but in Italy, it, is, it was not so normal that little children do races with this age. And yeah, it, it started to be better and better. And I went, I became the member of the Italian um, ski team. I was qualified for Olympics. And unfortunately, I couldn't participate in it because I broke my leg two weeks before. But um, not at all. Then I, I moved to the long distance and I got to know uh, ski classics. So uh, this um, ski classic and also maybe the, the World Loppet, which I won in 2012. Uh, which is uh, one of my best memories, I think, in my career. And for, uh, also Marchalunga, when I got uh, third on 2000 and uh, the third place in 2012, uh, this is a memory which I'll never forget. Many good memories. But going back to your childhood, having uh, sisters uh, also competing and racing and being kind of the inspiration, as you just mentioned, uh, were you competitive at that age or were you just supporting each other all the time? I, yeah, it, it, it's strange. I, it, like Natalie is uh, ten years older than me, nearly. So um, with her, I couldn't compete. <laughs> I was too small. Uh, with my other sister, I just remember when I was five and she was uh, nine. 
uh, I was starting before her in this uh, ski club race, and yeah, after 100 meters, she I was already catched by her. So <laughs> competing then it was a bit difficult for me, <laughs> but uh, yeah, then uh, it, 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 we trained uh, sometimes together, but it was not so much together. M more Saskia and Natalie, my sisters, uh, trained to get together because they made biathlon and I stayed with uh, cross-country skiing. So um, we, we couldn't really um, compare each other so much. I mostly trained alone and my Natalie and Saskia trained together. And uh, yeah, sometimes we, we, we did a training together, but not so much. It was not so much competing. I think we, uh, we gave us uh, a lot of, uh, or I got a lot of advices by, from Natalie because she was the oldest and she was really experienced and she was the she had a good a good uh, advices for me always so what, if they chose biathlon why did you stick with their cross country skiing <laughs> because i i don't see so well so <laughs> i have uh, i have lenses yes but uh, in in one race in uh, the world junior championship <laughs> i lost both of the lenses so the contact lenses so um, I decided maybe better not to shoot because if I cannot see, then it's better if I just ski. <laughs> but you tried that though. You tried biathlon. Oh, the, yeah, sometimes when we trained together, um, and Natalie, um, I, I went with this, uh, like in Anterselva, you can, it's nearby to Toblach. So we went there also with the roller skis, and up there is the shooting range. So when I, I finished to ski up with the roller skis, I shot sometimes with the guns of Saskia and Natalie as we, and I was, uh, yeah, sometimes I, I, I hit all of them, sometimes not. Uh, and I, I thought one year I was thinking about the change, but then uh, I love uh, classic skiing and uh, in, in biathlon you have just skating, so I decided not to change. And you mentioned earlier the uh, the Olympics and that you qualified. That was a 2006, correct? And you all, all of you uh, siblings, you tried to uh, qualify and, and, and be, be there together. But then, of course, this injury happened to you. Uh, and that must have been really, you know, uh, tough you yeah. know, when something like that happened. Uh, you, you reach a goal and then you weren't yeah. able to go. Yeah, it was really tough because... Um, it was the first time that three sisters were at an Olympic Games and in an Olympic Games in Italy. And I was 25 years old and I was in the P team and I was really in big shape. I qualified and I had the classic race, the 10K classic, which was my race. So it was not so normal that uh, a young, like uh, yeah, uh, a youngster went there and got uh, there, uh, maybe yeah, this, this race already. I was also... Um, yeah, there was also speeches that I had to do the the relay and they won then the bronze medal in the relay because I was a really good classic skier in that year. Yeah, and it was um, not easy. I was really screaming a lot of times after and a lot of years after still. Um, yeah, and I couldn't qualify anymore. I tried to qualify for Vancouver. I, qualified, I tried to qualify for Sochi, but um, I think it was too deep inside and um, it's really important for a skier to have also a mental uh, trainer, I think, and uh, uh, how do you say, um, support in that. And uh, in my years, uh, it was not the, we had nobody who could really help. Uh, it was not, 
think nobody was thinking that it was important. It, yeah, mental training was not so important in that years, I think, in Italy. And it, it's still difficult to find good mental trainers. And uh, I think uh, it's it's one of the most important things that you can keep your goals and get where you want. So you would say that, you know, that's this uh, uh, unfortunate event that happened to you pretty much affected your, your future and your future career, that it, it was mentally so tough to, to overcome. Yeah, I was thinking I can help myself, but it's, I think in this situation, it's really difficult. I worked with a mental trainer in the year of Tor Torino. It was a really nice woman. And therefore, I think I was also so strong. But she also said, yeah, now she cannot help me anymore. I have to... Uh, really to to look for other but I was thinking no no I can help myself but um, yeah it, it is difficult in this situation uh, to get out of a really uh, you can say deep point I think but uh, like I said to you before um, the third place in Marcia Longa and also the win in the long distance races in the World Loppet that was then which was a bit uh, yeah saying okay that was good like this now and uh, yeah, it was good for something maybe. And when did you realize that you have an aptitude for long distances? My, I was always, uh, since, uh, since I was, uh, yeah, um, I think already juniors, I was always good in long distance. Um, maybe I should change before. <laughs> uh, but you always try to be strong. You want to be a World Cup athlete and to go to Olympics. So this was my goal and therefore I didn't change before. I raced a lot with, um, with uh, Norgren and uh, Jenny Hansson. Uh, you, somebody will remember them. And they changed a bit earlier. They made a lot of years in long distance skiing. Maybe I also should do it, but... Yeah, I'm. Uh, I have good memories in it, and now I'm a mother of two uh, really nice kids, and so this is the most important. And I think with sport you can learn a lot, and you get strong, and you uh, you are like in long distance. You have to have endurance, and I think sport it's important for kids and uh, for but also for adults maybe to do sport that you um, will have more goals and uh, more endurance. I think. Also in work, yeah, also in work, maybe you, you will be stronger. Since you mentioned the kids, so was the family the reason that you stepped aside? Yes, <laughs> this was the reason. Maybe I should, I wanted to do still one, two years, but it, it is like this and now I'm happy how it is. <laughs> My, we, we married, uh, I married uh, Florian Kostner and uh, David loves always this story about um, my husband did, uh, was the first one who, who double-pulled Birkebeiner. So it was really funny because uh, it was the first year we did these long races, long-distance races, and we, we had no experience. We trained for World Cup, and, uh, but then we finished in long-distance. So uh, in Birkebeiner, uh, my husband said to all the Italian team, Guys, we have to double pool. Everybody else is double pooling. We have not to put on the walks. We have to double pool. <laughs> and I walked my skis, but the, the boy, the guys all uh, didn't walk the skis. And at the start, they were standing there and were just surprised that everybody had walks on the skis. <laughs> and yeah, my husband was uh, really in front in the first group until the, I, until the last, uh, I think, last five or six kilometers. He was there in front with the others. 
But then he said it was the arms were empty and he couldn't uh, push anymore. He was just screaming and hoping that the race will finish. So he was the first one. And since then, also the other, all others, Norwegian, Swedish, and I don't know, which or everybody was then, now they double pull it. So. <laughs> How did you meet your husband? What's the story there? <laughs> that is private. <laughs> <laughs> No, we knew us already since long time, uh, since uh, juniors. And but then he was in the A, A team, I was in the B team, I was in the A team, he was in the B team, and yeah, uh, I don't know. One, um, uh, we, I, I, I had a problem with my leg. I, I was, I had a stress fracture in my leg one uh, on two thousand and eight, uh, and it seemed that it was. I don't know if I should speak about it, but it, it seemed that it was uh, cancer in the bones. And since then, yeah, he was like thinking, yeah, I feel more for her and we got together. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But but you recovered well. Yeah, yeah, no, it, uh, it was like not a good period, but then it was just a stress fracture and I started again. I had to make little steps the whole year, but in the winter I... I was again skiing and uh, also I was third in the talent championship and did just everything okay. <laughs> yeah, I never believed about it. So I just wanted to go ahead. Do you ever miss racing? Yes, I miss it. I always, uh, last year I said to uh, Florian, you know what, I have to be a good... Uh, example. Uh, uh, example for my kids. So maybe I should start racing again. <laughs> <laughs> but since you organize a, a race, it's really difficult. You had to, for the moment, it's really difficult to train and uh, to find time to be in good shape. So for the moment, the family is more important than racing and uh, I'm not training so much. So it's better not to race. Speaking of training, when you go back to your active years, how did you train? Yeah, I think it's uh, it got a bit different different now the trainings. Uh, I still uh, did um, classic in the races, so I I started to double pool uh, just in the last in the yeah the last year I started to double pool a bit more. Um, in we had always after the winter season in May we had a little break and we start no, sorry in um, not in May, it's too long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> In April, the month of April, we had always a little break. And then in May, we started again to train. And we did a lot of training uh, with the road, with the, the road bike and the mountain bike to make the base uh, with a lot of hours and kilometers and also mountain hiking and running. And uh, then we started to uh, train with the roller, roller skis in skating and classic and, um, and running and um in uh, yeah, training, you have to. Uh, we had different trainings, uh, like uh, in this. I don't know how it's in every um, country. It's difficult, different. We we called it medium training, so it's in the second level, I, I think you say. And the, the, then you have the, the fast training. This is coming then in or in October. Uh, we really trained really really hard in October, and then in November we went uh, to the north to ski. Uh, to Finland also, to uh, to Levi sometimes, to, to ski there, uh, preparation of snow, to the tunnels uh, in summer also, ski in the ski tunnels we trained in, yeah, uh, 
what should I tell more? Um, do you, I mean, do you recall your toughest sessions? What kind of trainings were the ones that uh, were the most challenging for you? Yeah, in October, uh, I, it was this uh, running with poles. There, I think it's a good, good training for everybody. Like um, um, two, three minutes, five times, and this repeating also two or three times. In the first, maybe the first uh, five uh, five times, you have to keep a bit, and then the the last, you have to do full, and you have really to die nearly that you fall at the top of the mountain. This was the hard, hardest training, and but this is a really good preparation for the races. This is, yeah, I think it's a good memory and a good good training. It is running with poles. And what workout uh, did you like the most? You enjoyed. The most. Yeah, I like biking. I think and this long distance biking. So I'm a long distance skier. So uh, these long bike tours uh, around the passes here, uh, also passing Cortina. Uh, you go to the Falzarego. You you can make the Jao and um, yeah, all the this uh, pa- uh, um, along the, pa- the 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 passes. It's really really nice biking here. So this is and also hiking in autumn. Uh, it can be really good experience around here. It's you have a really clear sky with the mountains which fall you, which which come to you, and uh, it's it's yeah. People should also come in summer to train here. So since you've been a ma- member of the national uh, Italian national team, so when you think about the cross country skiing in your country at the moment, what is the status? Yeah, I think uh, we have not so much young people who is really strong. It, I think we have, we have had these uh, years with uh, these strong years with Dicenta, Piller, um, Valbusa in the men's side and um, Paruzzi, uh, Longa. Um, now it's uh, yeah Valbusa also and um, so we had really strong years. Uh, and I think um, in Italy there was uh, this period. In my period, they we had no so much chances to race and to get into the team. And now we feel it. I think in the team that uh, they are not younger people. I think uh, not a lot of young people want to do this uh, sacrifice. Or how do you say? Um, I think yeah, we have a bit uh, problems. I think in finding new new stars. There are other sports that the young people tend to go for. Uh, yes, but uh, I don't know what is. Uh, we had really a lot of people who um, they had a good base. We had a lot of people who raced, and now it's always less people who is racing, uh, who likes to race. Maybe they do it for fun, and then they stop for some years in these uh, 16, 17, 18 years. So it, it's get more di- it gets more difficult. I think. Yeah. And then what about long distance skiing in your country in terms of the athletes, but also you have so many good events, your event, Machalonga, uh, but many more. Yeah, we have another good team, the Trentino Robinson. They are doing a really great job. They, um, they're working really good and have uh, good ideas to promote uh, cross-country skiing. Yeah, but the, the Robinson team is really good, I think. Indeed, they are, and let's hope that they will do uh, well this uh, season as well. But kind of going back to the uh, your 
career and and you mentioned all the races you did and all the good ones and you won the uh, you know the World Lope de Fires World Lope Cup uh, and you've been on the podium but which one of the races was the probably the hardest for you something that you really sticks sticks with you and it sticks into your memory and it was something that you really had mm. to overcome uh, like um, Birkebeiner is a really tough race I think um, but uh, it was uh, like this uh, long uphill and then this was quite tough it uh, um, I was fighting in the Birkebeiner for the World uh, Cup leader like for the Fis Marathon World Cup uh, podium the first place so this was the toughest I think because uh, Serena Bona he she was uh, the one who I should beat and she was she, she was winning the race and I was second and this was enough if I would get third then uh, I would not have won the race the, the overall so this was the toughest race but um, also really tough uh, was um, Vasalopet the year after um, because I had not so really good skis and I think if it, a really important in long distance race is that you have a good equipment uh, so that you can enjoy also the race because if you maybe w have not worked the skis really well, it gets really tough. The long distance is then much, much longer than it is than 90. It gets 180. <laughs> Tell me about it, but uh, is there a race that you wish you could have done way back then? Uh, yes, I wished I would have done Vasalopet in 2012 when I was in really good shape. Uh, but I decided not to do it and to do the Tartu Marathon in Estonia um, because I had I was a bit afraid of the long distance of the 90Ks and I was afraid that uh, I need much more recovery time. And um, yeah, so, I, but I wished I would have done it in that year because it could have been a really great thing. And as a last thing about you and your skiing, then we move on to the, the next uh, section, which is we'll you know the future we'll talk about the future a little bit future of your event future of the yeah. sports and so forth uh but now when you kind of go back go back how would you kind of summarize uh your career the, the learning or the kind of the you know the experience that you got from uh act actively racing in cross-country skiing yeah as athlete you have a lot of um also deep points but also an, really a high points how do you say um in, um, but from this deep point, you learn a lot and you learn to fight. You learn to, uh, to come back and you, to reach a goal. I think this is what I bring in my life now. And um, I think this is important for everybody. And I would just uh, recommend to everybody to, uh, to do sport. Um, not as professional, but also as amateur and... <laughs> it uh, it was for me it was always like this when I had no not good ideas uh, and I went out running or also now if I went out run, uh, if I go out running then um, I have a lot of new ideas and uh, problems get solved during I train and I have ah oh, yes this could be like done like this and this and I think sport is really important in the life yeah it really energizes you quite a lot and gives you gives you a lot of a, a motivation yeah, exactly. Good, but now the next is, of course, the future.
the future of Topla Cortina. Let's get started there. I mean, of course, uh, you are now focusing on the, this uh, upcoming season and the, the new uh, the, the race that's a bit earlier than normally. Uh, but after that, what kind of plans do you have for for long term? Yeah, this this year Topla Cortina will take place the 23rd and 24th of January because of the World Championship in Cortina. Uh, the, the Alpine World Championship will take place uh, from 7th to 21st February. Uh, so, um, yeah, we will hold this, uh, the, the weekend before Machalonga will, uh, will be the Tobla Cortina, our race, Tobla Cortina. And it will be a good chance also for people to do first the, our race and then move, uh, maybe also train still in the region, in uh, Tobla and Cortina. Uh, and then move to Val di Fiemme, where they they can uh, participate at the Marcia Longa. This, uh, I think, um, we have in Toblach and Cortina the snow uh, um, the snow situation and also the, the training possibilities are really good. So this would be a really great chance also uh, for people to train here in the region. For the other for the future years the. Appointment will be again the first weekend of February, like uh, always, and maybe then in Olympic. Yes, we didn't. Uh, we spoke already about it, but uh, the, the appointment will uh, be have will have to be moved again. Um, but uh, otherwise, Tula Cortina is always the first weekend of February. Any other like additional events, or you just keep it as it is? You know, for, with the classic and skating. Any other uh, no, developments? We... Now we we um, like the we had experience from last year. It was really good that we um, kept the distance, like the the, the start in Tolach and the finish in Cortina. I think also the amateurs uh, enjoyed it, and uh, also the skating skiers um, can or can have to finish in Cortina, which is a great experience. So we will keep it for the moment. We we said we will keep it like this, and we have to be a. Uh, constant. We cannot uh, change every year. And then, what about the future of uh, Visma Ski Classics and long distance skiing? How do you see that uh, evolving? Yeah, I think uh, it it is uh, the movement will go on uh, always. I think it's uh, also this, uh, this difficult situation for the moment. I think um, this is the moment to say we will go on, <laughs> like. Uh, um we have to show that uh, sport is important for everybody and uh, we will have uh, yeah to react i think and i the, i think the future will be good because more people i think is on skis and is skiing and uh, wants to race also the our, the races in holoryup so um i i have i think it's uh, the future will be Good. And as you said, we have to stick together and fight for this beloved sport, you know, that we all uh, lo love so much. Uh, but what could Visma Ski Classics do in the future in terms of, I mean, every year we come up with new things, you know, new uh, uh, ideas, uh, developments, and then so forth, uh, the Challenger Challenger Series and, and all new competitions, the Grand Classics and so forth. Uh, what else do you think? Could be added, or do you think it's uh, it's perfect as it is right now? I think um, Ski Classics knows better than me what is the way to go on. 
um, I think it's, we are on the right way. Uh, important is that we all work together and um, that uh, the most uh, challenging thing will, will be the snow around the world. I think uh, we have the winters are not so tough as it was several years ago. So this, I think, will be the greatest challenge, that we have the security of, sh of snow and um, that um, the races will still keep alive because some little races, uh, they, they are already cancelled because it's difficult to organize if you have no snow guarantee and it is a big investment. So I think this would be the biggest challenge in the future, to have the snow guarantee. Is there anything we can do about it or is it just, uh, you know, that we hope for the best? Yeah, uh, we have to, like on the on the tracks, we have to really prepare these artificial snow um, cannons and artificial, artificial snow producing. Um, that is for sure. But um, yeah, we, I think uh, it will go up and down also. Uh, we had already some warm periods in winter and <laughs> I don't want to believe that uh, in our regions, in some years, there will be no snow. I hope that there will be always snow, and uh, otherwise, it will be a big problem. And of course, that is also affecting the uh, kind of the popularity of, of uh, cross-country skiing in general. The good winters. Uh, how do you see the future of of, of our sports? Not just the long distance skiing, but uh, skiing, Nordic skiing, uh, in general. <laughs> yeah, I I am I'm optimistic. I don't want to think that uh, it will stop once that uh, nobody that, that there will no not be snow anymore. So I don't want to think so far away. Um, but yeah, it can be that uh, my kids maybe uh, will have winters without snow. Can be. Uh, I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> And then what about your personal future? Uh, personal future? <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, uh, maybe I start to ski again and to do races. Oh, that would be interesting, correct? <laughs> yeah, you never know, never say no. <laughs> but what else do you see uh, in a pipeline? Um, yeah, I have a little farm here in Toblach and I, I, I try to 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 do job a good job here and uh, I have not so many plans for a moment like I say maybe I start to ski this would be a good plan and uh, yeah I for the moment I'm looking more on my family uh, and I I try uh, to give my kids the best uh, best time they have in their life are they into skiing as well yeah, Luis is a, was already on the skis with two years and also Emma and he they like skiing, but I don't push them too much. Uh, I think they should try everything. Um, and yeah, if they want to get uh, professional skiers, they can. If they want to do everything else, they can also. And as a bit of sport, I want that they do for sure. So besides family and skiing, those are the things that you value uh, a lot, or the most, I think. What else is important in your life besides these two? Yeah, for the moment, the big role for sure is playing the the health, I think. I think it's in um, for everybody for the moment, it's important to stay healthy, that we can um, come over this uh, difficult period, this uh, COVID period 
this is, I think, the most important that we solve this. Uh, I hope that we can solve it as soon as possible and that maybe, yeah, we can have some vaccination which is working and um, that everything gets again normal, that we have not to wear always this mask which hides our faces and which also limits our, I think, our relation to other people. Um, I think this mask and this distance you have to keep for the moment, it, it is a really, um, yeah, the, 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 the contact with persons get, get less. I don't know, it's, um, you have more distance. And I hope that um, my kids and also others uh, will not learn that this is normal, that you have to keep always this distance to other persons, that the interaction with people will be better again. There's yeah. always two sides of a coin, and uh, there possibly are some positive things about uh, the current crisis. What do you think that we have learned from uh, the pandemic or this situation that we're facing right now? Yeah, I think we learned that um, that life is, um, yeah, really fragile, I think. That we are, um, yeah, we have to take more care about us. And maybe also we learned in this um, lockdown that we, we have also to take some time uh, for us and to get back to the roots a bit more. I think this was in my mind when we have this lockdown. We, I, I, I recognize that we have also other things which are important and maybe come back more. Uh, now uh, we are really uh, hurrying up the whole day, but maybe we have to come back more to the roots. Maybe this is what I want to say. So back to the basics. Yeah, yeah, back to the basics. And now, we, like with computers, internet, we are really uh, always under pressure. And um, so maybe it's uh, good to also to be... Uh, yeah, like on a farm, like also to have their own um, eggs, their own salads. Better to have it because, yeah, if you are really dependent from others, it can be a risk. So basically, we just need to learn to enjoy life. Exactly, yes, maybe. But yeah, we have still to work. That's not that we have not to work. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's important. But thank you very much, uh, Stephanie. Uh, it's really great to... Uh, to uh, talking to you um, as always and uh, good luck and really want to see you back on the tracks <laughs> yes let's see not this year or not this year but yeah, on the tracks on our training yes a bit but competing maybe maybe the uh, the following year 22 we can see you again <laughs> then i want to i want to race and not to organize anymore <laughs> we'll see how that turns out to be but once again thank you very much for joining us good luck good luck with your race and let's hope that things will uh, turn out uh, very positive uh, in yeah. the weeks to come. Yeah, we will keep uh, the everybody informed about uh, future developments, and uh, yeah, we I hope to see you see everybody here in Toblach again, and uh, so much people than last year, and uh, yeah, keep in touch, and we will be on the start. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.